What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Balance Show. We believe that the key to life is balance. Finding the balance between discipline and freedom, ambition and contentment. The perfect balance is unique to each individual. We are your hosts, Taylor, Chloe, and Steve, and we're here to help you find your balance. going on everybody welcome to this week's episode of the balance show uh, if this voice sounds foreign to you that's because it is uh, my name is Ari. i am the director of marketing at balance athletica and today i will be interviewing the great steve dilk i don't know if it's great but that's me he, he's pretty great i am i am steve <laughs> what's up everybody so um some of you guys may have an inkling of his story some of you may not. Um, myself, too. I'm really, really interested and curious about uh, today's episode because uh, although Steve's a good friend of mine, I don't know his entire story from top to bottom. What I do know is that he was part of that esoteric group that got into med school, was on track to be a medical doctor, and uh, completely changed routes, which I feel is really, really uncommon, especially in a field that's you know so regarded, so revered. And uh, I just kind of want to go into... Steve's life and talk about, you know, what spawned that decision? How did he get there? And what's happened since? <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's been a kind of a crazy ride. Um, it hasn't been, I guess, when you look back on it, it is a little, um, not, it's not really ordinary for somebody to choose a career path and then really kind of radically change it. So that is something I did do. And I'm really happy I did. Yeah, yeah. And this is one that I can relate to as well. I mean, being in the corporate world and corporate sales for so long, uh, I didn't know that I would be in the place I am today. And I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. You don't really know where you're going to end up. But uh, for those of you who are, you know, maybe contemplating a change in lifestyle, a change in profession, just cha- overhaul of whatever it might be, uh, this is going to be a great one for you. Let's get it rolling. Let's get it rolling. So... Um, let's bring it way back to the beginning, Steve. From what I know, um, in childhood, you were a great athlete. You played ba- baseball, right? Yeah, I, I grew up playing baseball, basketball, and football. Um, when I was in high school, I did transition over to primarily baseball. I just, I, I did, I hit my puberty a little late, you know. <laughs> so like, I was getting my butt kicked out there on the football field, and I wasn't really enjoying it. And I, I just really, uh, I, baseball was kind of a sport that I could devote my time to and feel like I'm not getting my ass kicked every day. I heard you had some, some wheels in the outfield. Your boy's got some wheels. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't ran in a minute, but I used to be pretty quick. Yo, you guys should see this guy's calves. Uh, I get jealous every time I see him. Not, Dude, not every weird. You got You got to hit the calves. No skipping calf day. Oh. There's something like blasphemous about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't do that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, you grow up and pretty heavy into athletics from what I understand. And I know that your family has, has some history in the medical field too. From an early age, did you have that pressure to, you know, go down that route? Did they let you explore? Did you make that decision yourself? Let's, let's just talk from up until like high school. Yeah. Um, growing up, my grandfather, he was a doctor. I have two uncles and an aunt who are doctors. My mom's a nurse. One of my aunts is a nurse. Um, and I'm probably missing somebody because it, it was almost my entire mom's side. They were all involved in the medical field. So 
growing up, I, I, I didn't feel pressured to, to jump into that field, but it did, I did feel as though I had a calling for it. Um, and that was solely based on my desire to help people. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird because that's how I imagine myself helping people. And I didn't know necessarily how I was going to do it. I wasn't extremely, um, exposed to it. Like I, I never really did too many shadowing opportunities growing up, but I just, I had a feel like a gut feeling that that was for me. Um, so I also had some influence from my dad. He, he wasn't a, in the medical field. So I was kind of inter, inter I was introduced or introduced to, um, engineering. He worked mm-hmm. in an engineering firm. Um, and that was another thing that I was interested in, but I just, there was something about medicine for me personally that made me feel as though it was what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's something that you can really take pride in. I mean, being a doctor is no joke. No, I, I have the utmost respect for every doctor that does his due diligence to make his patients get better. Um, and actually is empathetic towards them. Yeah. So, I mean, moving into high school, I know that everybody experiences that phase in high school where you're like, well, what, what do I do? I have to, I have to go to college. I have to get a job. I have to, you know, become an adult. Did you from the onset already know like, Hey, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be in the medical field. Or were you still kind of exploring some options? I, I left it a little open-ended. I went in, um, I, I was working since I was like 15, uh, just doing, I was a I was a Jimmy John's guy for a little bit. Oh, I was yeah. delivering subs, thirty minutes or faster, your money back. Because I was I was cruising. You had the wheels, dude. You I had did. the wheels. I had a Chevy S10 pickup truck, <laughs> manual transmission. I had to carry like the drinks in a drink tray, yeah. and shift with the other hand and drive with my knee. <laughs> did you, Did you ever like spill any? Or no, no. I, it was even like the snowy. I didn't work there very long, but I, I did work for my dad. I, was, I worked as like a uh, technician for his in, the engineering firm that he worked at. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I was interested in that. I, I liked the people there, but I still like, I still chose biochemistry as my degree at Purdue, mm-hmm. knowing that, um, that would give me the best, um, I think res personally, I thought that was the best, one of the best resumes going in to medical school. Um, so that's kind of why I went that route. Yeah. It was solely with the purpose of getting a degree, doing well, and getting into medical school. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just to paint the narrative, and I think we've maybe touched on it just just a little bit in previous podcasts, but I, I know a lot of, you know, the college population, um, you have the archetypal, you know, first couple of years partying like crazy, going out most nights and just wilding out because that's it's your first inkling of, mm-hmm. of freedom um, in your adult life. For you, that wasn't really the case. You, you just had your sights set and that's what you were doing. Yeah. I, I, did, I did go out... Um, not super frequently because my goal was to get as good of a B- GPA as possible. So I, I mean, I did, I did my fair share of drinking my freshman year. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, but I, I mean, I wasn't crazy by any means. I really did keep my head down and, uh, try to get off on the right foot. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I developed some sort of like work habit and work, like really good work ethics early, mm-hmm. which helped me, um, do the work needed to get into medical school. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that it was, it just came down to, you know, how much work you're willing to put forth? Did you just work harder than everybody? Did you have a natural aptitude towards it? What happened there? Um, so I, I actually, the, my major didn't come to me easily. It, it wasn't something that stuck extremely easy, easily. I did have to put in a lot of work and effort into, um, getting my subjects down and 
really understanding what actually I was studying. A lot of people can open the book and just know what they're doing right away. Mm -hmm. That wasn't, that's never really been me. It's just, I've been willing to work my hardest to do, um, the best I can. And it's not always the best in the room, but I, I'm always proud of the amount of work I've put in to, um, do the best I can. Yeah. I I bet that helps you sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that, uh, it's weird because in college, it's like there's certain degrees where you can kind of coast and it's almost like you don't, you may or may not leave with the, um, work ethic required to be successful in your career. So for some people, I think that's self-taught. And for me personally, the only reason I learned it is because I knew that if I wasn't going to work hard, I wasn't going to get into medical school. Yeah. So that was my driving force to work as hard as I could. And I feel like it's a lot of people don't, they, they, they never have a real driving force to push themselves beyond the barriers of their own mind. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you didn't have that, that carrot, you know, in front of you, which for you was med school, it probably would have been a little more difficult to say no to any temptation of, you know, goofing off or study late night or, you know, mm-hmm. do the extra work because you didn't get it on the first go. Yeah. Um, if I, if I did ever do that, I would not do well. I mean, I, regardless of how much attention I paid, I, I mean, I always had to work hard yeah. to, I mean, it, it, some stuff came to me naturally, but most of it didn't. Yeah. I, I, I'm very similar in that way. Like if, if I don't have that end goal in mind, it's hard to keep on pushing. Mm-hmm. For me, that, that big thing was, was boxing and, you know, doing those early morning runs and stuff that really yeah. sucked. I hate, I hate but it you every knew second. you had to. I, I mean, I it was like, if you didn't, you're going to get, literally get your ass yeah, kicked. Yeah. Somebody is going to destroy me and humiliate me publicly. So potentially like hurt you. Potentially hurt you even. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, mine wasn't that intense. <laughs> it was more so just like the, knowing that if I didn't do it, I was going to let myself down Yeah, and potentially my family. Like there is that like obligation that you feel you have, mm-hmm. um, to succeed. And it, I mean, they didn't really ever pressure me, but it was just something that I felt like I needed to do. I needed to make my family proud of me. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. I, that seemed like the one way to do it. Yeah. And, and it, it helped that it was like something that I thought was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that's cool that it wasn't just outside pressure. You know, you really felt like you wanted to do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, moving on, um, into kind of getting into med school and that whole thing, and we can, we can jump to this later, but I, uh, I've heard rumors of this, this <laughs> headphone phase of your life. Well, yeah, it's, it started studying for the MCAT and I, there's a lot of people that may listen to this that, um, have studied for the MCAT and have taken it, have gone to medical school and they, they so can for those relate people who to don't know what the MCAT is, what is that? <laughs> MCAT is the uh, entry exam that you have to take. And it's one of the driving forces, uh, for your admission to medical school. So if you don't do well on the MCAT, you're going to potentially not get into a school. Um, and you, you, it's really important. It's almost more important than your GPA. So I, I took a year off between medical school and, um, my undergraduate. And during that time I studied for the MCAT and I worked as a medical scribe at a hospital. And, uh, I think there was a few months there where I thought I was studying harder than I've ever studied in my life. And it was studying for the MCAT. That was my first real exposure. Like, you know, you're going to sit down and study all day and you're going to do what needs to be done to get in. And, uh, 
there wasn't really anything driving me. It, I didn't feel like extremely motivated to do the, to do the MCAT, which should have been mm-hmm. almost a red flag in my mind because if I wasn't wanting to do it in the first place, maybe just, I mean, maybe that's a sign that you don't want to go to medical school. Um, if I, if I was really passionate about it, I'm sure I would have had a different mindset, but I was, I mean, I was studying from morning to night for the MCAT for about two months. And is this the headphone phase or this is, this is, this is one of the headphone phases. So I I would put on headphones all day and just listen to white noise. So you you wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. and the headphones come on. Headphones come on. First thing you're, it's weird. You're, and again, people will will relate to this that have, uh, gone to graduate school and really just have to grind to get their work done. But you, I mean, it feels like you are removed from society. You, I I personally, like at times would forget how to carry a conversation. I mean, it's literally just you and the books and you're studying all day and then you go, I mean, this is later on in medical school, but then you go to class and all that stuff. But for then, yes, that was the introduction of the headphone phase. So that, that seems to be common amongst a lot of people who, who have done successful things, you know, like Kanye West talks about locking himself in his basement, just yeah. pro- producing beats while everybody else was, you know, goofing off in the summer and things like that. But do you think that, that just having the, building that muscle and building that skill to do something so removed from everybody else because you have to has helped you today? Yeah. I think there somebody that has mentioned this to the extreme is David Goggins, but it's like callousing your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not by any means David Goggins. He's, he's, he has calluses all over his mind. Yeah. They're everywhere, but his mind is a callus. (laughs) It's just a giant, it's just a giant callus, his whole mind. But, uh, um, yeah, it's like just creating new limits for yourself because you think you can only do, you know, you can only go this far. And after that, like you're done, that's it. Um, but there's so much more left in the tank and, you really just have to be disciplined because motivation can only take you so far. Sometimes there's going to be days where you're motivated and not motivated, but the discipline is what keeps you, um, accountable and it keeps you on track with your goals. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most definitely. There's a lot of days where you don't want to do anything. Yeah. That's that's common, but you have to. Yeah. It's, it's not a, yeah, it's not an option. Yeah, I, I'm personally really struggling with it now. Um, for those of you who have heard last week's episode, I guess, um, doing the six-week Elevate You series, mm-hmm. everybody's diet goals are different. But for me, I'm tracking strict macros that your wife has so kindly put together yeah. for me. I know that all too well. And um, it's truly hellish. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Um, oftentimes I want to grab, you know, I want to grab a, a burger versus, uh, I don't know, a bowl of quinoa, but uh, I know that in the end it's going to pay off. Um, so I just scarf that down and, and discuss each time, but yeah, it's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just like creating habits. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then moving on and correct me if we, if this is kind of later in the story, but bodybuilding coming in, like during, during the big mix of all this stuff, is this post-med school or is so, this during I've already gotten into med school at that point mm-hmm. and I was, um, three quarters of the way through. Um, I, I was definitely, I mean, I was studying all day and night. That's all I did. And I would go to the gym. Um, and I was staying on top of that. I was staying on top of my nutrition and training because I was prepping all my meals, making sure that like, I mean, I was doing it down to the, 
my breakfast in the morning. Like I would have my eggs cracked literally in a container in the morning and like ready to go because if not, I would feel guilty and like I need to study. I mean, it was the cra- it was the craziest thing. Any waking moment that you were not studying felt like you weren't maybe in trouble for the next exam. So everything that you did, like like the cracking of eggs and stuff, is to optimize your your study time. It's My not efficiency. it's not just yeah. for yourself. It's, no, it's it to w- optimize that. Yeah, it was literally so that I I could eat during the day. <laughs> I swear to God, that was it. It was so that I would get in the correct because I'm I mean. I, I was definitely eating more than the average person mm-hmm. because I was trying to maintain my size mm-hmm. and my strength that I had worked hard to gain. Like all, of, I mean, I was training since my junior year of high school, so I wanted to stay on top of that. I didn't. That's one thing I didn't want to lose, and it actually kept me on top of my on top of my shit. Yeah, because you knew like you had an hour to go to the gym or two and get after it, release all thoughts. That was the most important thing for me. Just. While you're at the gym, you can't worry about anything else because you're. What, why'd you go to the gym in the first place? Right. Nothing is going to get done while you're there except for your training. So that was my mindset. I went there, cleared my mind, went home, studied. So that was really your nourishment. That's the one bit of nourishment you had throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Taylor's company. That was, yeah. that was nourishing. Yeah. I didn't really get to speak to her, but she was there. <laughs> she so just I, like rubbing your back while you have these headphones on. <laughs> yeah, just having her in my presence was kind of like calming. I think by myself it would have been made me really anxious because you're completely isolated. I mean, you literally have headphones, or I had headphones on with white noise, yeah. noise canceling all day. Do you, Back to the nutrition thing, do you think that people going through what you went through, maybe not having the same type of plan or goal, would like, you know, wither away? Because it, it, it's difficult to squeeze in that many meals. And I can imagine mm-hmm. it being difficult to eat properly during that, that phase of your life. It, it really helped me um, with my energy and waking up in the morning because you don't get a ton of sleep mm-hmm. in med school. Um, it, I mean, it, it, doing that alone really helped me. Um, and then that kind of led into my bodybuilding uh, phase towards like the remaining quarter of my first year. Um, I decided that I was going to do a show and I, I'm never going to do a show again, but I, I, wa- I kind of wanted to push myself further mentally. Like, all right, you're in medical school. Can you take on a strict training regimen with cardio and diet? Uh, you're only going to have to do it for a quarter of medical school. Can you do it? And I, I wanted to push myself and prove that I could. To um, whom? To whom? To, to you? myself, yeah. To myself because I knew that it was, I mean, I don't know how many people have done that. And I know it's very difficult because both things are very time demanding. Um, it helped that Taylor was doing it with me. And she was able to help in some regards. But um, I just really wanted to push myself and do it with her. So move, moving on, and we'll get back into the bodybuilding just a little bit, but um, it, it's obvious that you, you clearly didn't go the, the full um, medical doctor route. What, when was the first sign or even, even just bit of thought that this might not be what you want to spend your entire life doing? Um, so the first year of medical school is a lot of uh, foundational courses. You do a lot of biochemistry, anatomy, um, introduction to clinical medicine, all that stuff. And it was really interesting to me because it was new and fun and something that, um, I was good at, I was good at the anatomy and physiology directly related to my training, which I really appreciated. And I liked that. And it, I think if I could take one thing away from medical school, other than the fact that it like created this discipline for me was that it, um, really 
taught me how to how my body moves in the gym and stuff like that but that's kind of beside the point um what was the question again man what was the question oh no when was the first uh just like oh, the, the first, first hint of like yeah. this might not be it yeah so that first year was really i really enjoyed it um it was hard but it was rewarding i had a good time with the people that i met in medical school i had really good relationships um with them and i enjoyed my professors they were all really good um but the second year came and it it I mean, it was all like the uh, pathology, all that, all that stuff that has to do with actual medicine, mm -hmm. where I started to realize, like, I'm cramming my brain with a bunch of stuff that doesn't interest me. Am I going to find something that interests me? Um, and I had worked in the emergency uh, department and in an orthopedic clinic the year before medical school. Um, and I, I kind of liked it. It just it felt really uh, practice felt really rushed and micromanaged. Mm -hmm. um, by, especially by insurance. Um, and that to me, it, it felt like there was no freedom to practice medicine the way you wanted to and the way that, um, you're capable of doing you are, there's just a lot of brilliant minds in medicine. And I feel like a lot of them are confined to a box and they can't operate outside of that box because of insurance. And for me, it, it felt limiting a little bit. And it felt like um, it started to feel like a trap, like I was going to be in debt for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I've, had, I've already racked up a decent amount of debt my first year. Um, it felt like a trap. It felt like potentially something that would be my entire life. And I was worried about that because I wanted to have time for my family. I wanted to have time for myself. I wanted to have time for my kids. And I didn't want to have to be solely devoted to one thing. And that was medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, pretty, I, I've had, uh, coworkers and friends whose spouses are doctors mm -hmm. and they truly hardly see them. I mean, it was, it was appalling to me that mm -hmm. this, how little time they had together as a family. And yeah, well, yeah. And, and more power to them. I mean, if it, if they really enjoy what they're doing mm -hmm. and they are able to spend time together and love, and love their life and their profession, that's awesome. Like, yeah. That's really what I wanted. I wanted to really enjoy medicine, but unfortunately, when, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that if I go down this route, this is I'm going to be very unhappy in the future. Yeah, yeah. And and just hit on insurance real quick. Just this is something my, my grandmother had uh, open heart surgery. Let's see, two years ago, and there were a lot of medical complications, and a lot of those complications came from lack of insurance, and it, it caused a lot of frustration. And so when you say you know, it's, it was, there was kind of a confinement with insurance. What, what do you mean exactly? Um, so there's nothing wrong that health insurance itself having that is not, a, not the problem. I think that the problem is, is that they're control, like there's a, they're controlling the way that medicine is practiced and they're limiting the amount of time the doctor can spend with the patient because they have to meet certain requirements and they can't have their own practices because the, the insurance issue um, it, it's, it's really difficult to fund your own practice now, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and perform medicine the way that you are comfortable for performing it. So, um, it's kind of that it's, it's, I don't know. It's just seems kind of broken right now. It, you it, know, it's, it seemed like everything was, was almost structured to a fault. Um, yeah. just during her time and what she went through. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talked about kind of 
getting into those first thoughts of this might not be the thing for me. So I, I think that, you know, whether you're a medical doctor, whether you're going into be, uh, I don't know, uh, in business, whether you're going into um, teaching, whatever it may be, some people have that moment where they're like, oh, this, this might not be what I need to do. And they either do what you did, which was, you know, take a completely different path, risk it all and, um, you know, find something that makes them happy or they continue along that path because they've already paved that way so far. So why not keep going? Mm-hmm. What, what helped you, um, veer off that path when you felt like you needed to? Um, at that point I just, I knew that no matter what I was doing, I would, it was going to be better than medicine no matter what. And I didn't care how much debt I was going to be in. Um, I didn't have like the most secure of fallback plans. My plan initially was to, I mean, this was in the, the very infancy of balance. We, we were going to start a clothing line. We were going to make it work. Um, fortunately we have, we had Taylor's influence on social media, but you know, that's only part of the picture Mm -hmm. that, that definitely is like the Kindle that starts the fire. Um, but the work that Taylor, uh, Chloe and I put in is what made it happen. Um, and that, that was, uh, that was not even necessarily my fallback plan. That was just like, this could work. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'd like to have some time to focus on that and like really put some effort towards the brand because I believe in it. But, um, I also, at the time I was, uh, coaching, I was Mm -hmm. doing like, uh, macro and, um, training coaching, mm-hmm. uh, which is nutrition and co- or training coaching. And, uh, I had a few clients and I was making like decent enough money to like skate by, but yeah. I, and this was during medical school. I had these clients. Um, I, I wanted to boost the amount of clients I had and help Taylor with their, uh, f- challenges. So that was my goal. I just, I just wanted to get my foot in the door, um, have a job where I am making money, but be able to put a bunch of time towards balance. Yeah. Yeah. So from just like even a psychological standpoint, I mean, how do you go from being the guy who even like outside sources to, to the world, I'm the guy who's going to be a doctor and now I'm not that Mm -hmm. guy anymore. I'm somebody else. Yeah. Um, my family and Taylor's family was very supportive of it. Uh, but there were a decent amount of people that I would talk to who are just like dumbfounded and thought I was stupid for doing it. Um, and I think that sometimes that has to do with their like own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and may, like, I, maybe not, maybe they actually think I'm stupid for, <laughs> for leaving medical school. <laughs> which, you never so, know. Yeah. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard coming to that, um, conclusion that I was going to leave because even myself, like I was like, I'm going to be a doctor one day. There was an allure to the title, like of being a physician or being doctor. Um, but in the end, like your title is not going to make you happy. It's if you're doing what you love, that's, what's going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you said everybody was, was really, really supportive. That's, that's not really common. I've got friends who, um, whether dropped out of college to do something different, like something more artistic or change majors or veered off. And they don't always get that support. Mm-hmm. What do you say to those people? Um, just, just know that like people, they have no idea what your intentions are sometimes. And some people are so type A or they're so used to a structured lifestyle. This is what you do. You, you go to school 
you get your career. And if you get in a secure position where you can, you know, rank up and be um, a respected uh, professional, these people think that, I mean, that is the way you're supposed to live. And it's just for some people, it's not. It is for, I mean, a lot of people are very happy doing that and that's completely fine. But there are some people that find that they need to change their career path. And if that's the way you're feeling, you really should not allow outside judgment to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, you're the one that has to walk into that job every day. You're the one that has to, you know, take your work home and sleep on that, mm-hmm. you know? So. It's your life. You only get one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got to do what you, what you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I experienced it too. I mean, coming out for, to, to balance and we were, you guys were kind of established a little bit. Um, and granted, I didn't have the same stakes that you had as far as dropping out of med school. I just left a, a career. I mean, that's still a secure career. I mean, still a secure career. You get insurance, you get, you get a, a nice salary, uh, whatever comes with it. But I wasn't happy going home at night. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was literally skipping work. I do some, I do some acting. Um, I was skipping work to go to auditions some days, driving mm-hmm. to different cities, lying to my boss. And I sat at home one day and I was like, man, this, there's no way this is making me happy if I'm trying to evade it and cover it up. Mm-hmm. So, um, just, I guess I would call it fate, destiny, or even luck, but ended up here and it's been just absolutely incredible. Destiny. So, destiny. De- uh, destiny is a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, for sure. And then a- after that, you know, now you're, you're not, the, you're not the medical doctor guy. You're now the, the balance guy. I'm not just, I'm, I'm the nobody. <laughs> I'm the, I felt like I was a nobody because it, it going from like something that felt so prestigious to getting that, you know, willingly just separating yourself from it, even despite like not having too much time left. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's definitely, that's a, that was one, a very humbling experience for me because I had always had my career path marked out. I knew what I was going to be and I was going to get there no matter what until I, until I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. um, from there, it was it was really just a lot of uh, searching. Like, I mean, I, there were times where I was really upset and like confused, um, like questioning my own decision. Um, but there was always that voice in the back of my head that said, "You're gonna make something work," and you did not want it to be medical school. Remember, remember that. Um, and I I stuck to that, and I worked hard every day to gain as many clients as possible. Um, I did decent there, um, but I still did devote almost all remaining time to balance and getting that off the ground. And there was a lull, like I re- like we were supposed to launch. It was going to be early spring. We ended up pushing that back till July. So even I mean, there was a lot of time to reflect yeah. on my decision. <laughs> yeah, maybe too much time. <laughs> it, yeah, there was too much time. Yeah, and, and this is also a recurring theme too. I notice you know you can't just you know, jump from being on the path to a doctor and now I'm going to be an engineer or now I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. You always have to have to make sure and take care of yourself in the interim, which you did with training and then devoting that extra time to balance. So yeah. it's not always and a I seamless did, I worked transition. on my social during that time too, which I think is, you know, I had the opportunity to grow into that and it was 
it's been really beneficial for me. So that was another uh, major point of focus. I've kind of, lately I haven't been as good um, at staying on top of my social, but um, during that time, that was definitely a major focus, and it was a driving force for my clientele, gaining clients with uh, my coaching programs and stuff like that. So. Um, I, I, I tried to create as many fallback plans as possible, Mm -hmm. uh, within my mind. Um, I actually, I did have a list at one point, um, of, of things that I knew that I could do. Um, like maybe even continuing my profession in something fitness related, Mm uh, or yeah, just continuing my education somewhere else. Uh, but balance did, um, I just had like that feeling that it was going to work. Yeah. But, but it's not always a, a seamless transition. You know, you no. go from one thing and then you make whatever work until you get to the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's basically what I did with the coaching. Um, yeah, for those it, of you guys that don't know, Steve is is jacked. If I would have come across his <laughs> IG profile, <laughs> I would have definitely hired the guy. Cause, uh, and, and he's helped me, you know, achieve some goals in the gym, and he's just always pushing. And I think uh, just from training with him alone, I, I'm sure he knows this, but... I think that his his experience in medical school has helped because he knows how to make every single movement as torturous That's as right. possible. I take pride in that. I may have cried a little once. M- my physiology. <laughs> so I know how it works, baby. Yeah. Um, so so now you're here. Now you're at a place where um, you're you're a co-owner of Balance, a company that's growing. You know, it it just absolutely unreasonable speeds i mean mm-hmm. every any any vendor anybody that we've spoken to is absolutely taken back by the growth of our company and the way that we've done it organically by telling you know a, a true story of the brand and including everybody because you know we're all we're all people and spreading that message looking back at the whole thing what's your take man i mean you you were at a place where you totally bailed on what your entire life's purpose was supposed to be you had a lull this thing you know, started taking off and now it's taken off. But looking backwards, what, I mean, what would you tell a young, a young Steve? Um, I would tell him just, uh, trust your path, trust that what you're doing is going to pay off because if you continue to work hard, you will get to where you want to be. Um, during that lull between leaving medical school and Balance's first launch, I did question myself a lot. It was it was scary because you don't know what's going to happen and you just have to have faith in yourself and trust that if you put in the work, it's going to be fine. Like you're going to you're you're going to make it work one way or the other. What's the worst thing that can happen, you know? You're going to find your way and at least this time you have a fresh slate and you have a a new horizon ahead of you. You can do what you want to do if you make it happen. Man, it's powerful. It's 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 yeah, simple baby. but powerful. I mean, you you can do what you want to do. It's simple as that. Yeah. And and Steve is just uh, the perfect example of that. You don't you don't see a story like his um, very often at all. And, and I mean, look where life has taken him by his own, um, you know, personal resolve. Yeah. Um, and another thing I want to mention is that you don't want to let any obstacle seem too big because the one that felt big for me was the $180,000 of debt that I was in (laughs) after school without a real solid plan in place. I did have a, like an infrastructure of things that I thought I wanted to grow and grow into 
but I still, I mean, there is still that uncertainty and I can't stress that enough. You're going to feel um, uncertain if you're making a major life change. And I mean, any in any situation, you're going to feel that way when you're making a major change. Um, and don't feel it's like it's necessary to make a major change either. If you're very happy with where you're at and you've gotten to where you want to be in your professional space, there is no reason to... Um, overcomplicate things if you're happy like what's the point in making a change you don't need you don't need more you don't always need more you need the thing that makes you happy on that note guys thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and steve's story um really hope you got something out of it i certainly did and it was a, a true pleasure hearing your story steve uh unlike i've thanks, never Harry. heard it before and uh thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you guys next week. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Balance Show. Ciao. With me and Ari. And Butler, Ari and Steve. The marketing director of Balance Athletica. Mr. Cool Guy. <laughs> Producer <laughs> Mr. Man. Mr. Shy Guy. Bye, guys. Bye.